Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2X Podcasters, welcome back. We are live here today. Actually, by the time you hear this, I will not be live, but I'm live today. And in the background, you can hear a beeping sound, maybe. Let's, let's listen in. There you go. That's my MacBook Pro. They've got a little water poured in the keyboard, and it's not behaving properly, so I think I might have to get a new one. And I can't figure out a way to turn it off, so um, that's how ruined it is. I want to remind you before we begin today to go to BillKasky.com. Several things. Number one, there's there are three guides there at the very top of the page. One is called the CEO's Guide to Building an Unstoppable Sales Team. If you're a CEO or president, I urge you to pick that up. There's also one there called the Seven Habits of the World Class Sales Leader. If you are a sales manager or a regional VP or what have you, I would urge you to pick that up. And then there's also the 2X quick start video series. And if you're a sales professional, I encourage you to subscribe to that. It's a three-part video series. I think you'll find it very useful. Also, once you do one of those three things, you will be subscribed to my email newsletter, which I send out about weekly with some content that I run across as I'm doing my coaching and training. When you sign up for the newsletter, you get an automatic email back to you that asks you a simple question. And the question is, What's one thing standing in your way of monumental success? What's the one thing that if you could touch that proverbial magic wand to, it would go away? So it could be a struggle, a pain, a problem, something that you've been wrestling with, something that your customers just aren't sharing with you. Whatever it is, you come up with what it is, and that's how I create content for this podcast. So this, so you have a direct line to me to have me create content, and that's exactly the topic today. How it came is a person named Josh signed up for the newsletter, and the automatic email went back. He sent back to me a very well thought out answer to that question. And so we're going to talk about that today. So anyway, go to BillKasky.com, all sorts of good stuff there. So for the first part of this, we're going to be talking about this notion of differentiation. And I've been in this business for 30 years almost, and that has never gone away as a key element of a person's desire when they are in sales. Everybody wants to differentiate themselves, their products, their services, their companies from the competition. And as I started to think about this, I thought, well, when a company brings me in to work with their team, there's always the presenting problem just like your customer. There's always the presenting problem. What's the issue that you're trying to fix today? And then there's also the real root cause of the problem, which they may or may not know. In fact, that's why people pay you a lot of money in sales to help them figure out what the hell the problem is. 
Because sometimes the problem, the real problem, the cause of the problem is not what it appears on the surface. And so when I get a term like differentiation, I say to myself, okay, what's really going on here? What's really, what's deep? What's a deeper issue than that? Because I could say, well, you know, we're a plaid tie, um, not a pod tie or pad tie. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, the, the famous Thai dish that my wife orders every time we go out to a Thai restaurant. But you can always wear a plaid tie. You can wear stripes and, and uh, patterns. And even though they don't match, they, you could be very memorable. That would be differentiation. That would be uniqueness. But so it's more than that. And I, I say the des, it's the desire, this clamoring for differentiation is a desire to be unique. It's a desire to be accepted as you are. It's a desire to be picked, to be selected from a group. So 15 people come in and, pro, well, that's, that's not true. Let's say five people come in and propose a solution for me and you're one of them, and you start working early on, how am I going to differentiate myself so that he will pick me? And you know what I f- how I feel about being picked. I think that that as the intent is a really bad intent. I think it sets us up for, for real failure and neediness and awkwardness and desperation to, to strive to clamor to be picked. So but that's a whole different podcast. So this idea of being unique, I think, really is at the center of this, and that's good. But here's the thing. We are all unique just by our presence and by our experience and our observations of life and our mistakes that we've made and the successes we've had, the the valleys that we've been through and the mountains we've climbed. Oh, it's poetic, isn't it? Uh, We are unique. But the question is, if we're so unique as human beings... And our companies are unique too. What we offer, how we offer it. We may not, we may offer similar things, but the how we offer those things are very different. So my first recommendation is to is to study your uniqueness. Because how are you going to be unique if you don't even know what makes you unique? And one thing that makes you unique is your personality. And again, your experience, your wisdom, the mistakes you've made. Uh, the misconceptions you've helped people blast through, the, the myths you've helped debunked for your, uh, debunk for your customers or prospects, there's a lot that you are unique around. So I would suggest you begin there. Let's just talk about you, not your company, not your product or service, but you. So let's go there. So that's number one is start to make a list of some of the ways you're unique. Maybe you were an opera singer in high school. Maybe you got a music degree from a a famous uh, MFA, Master of Fine Arts uh, institution. Maybe you uh, have hobbies that are very rare and and interesting and extreme. Maybe you're an extreme sports person. But, But just start listing the things that make you you. And don't worry. Well, say, well, but, you know, Master of Fine Arts, that's not unique. Three million. Well, but for you. I'm not talking about other people here. We're just, we're just talking about you. So number one is make a list of the things that make you unique and that make you you. Number two, make a list of the things that make your company unique, the people that work at the company, the, the reason the company was founded. I could have two companies. In fact, I've got this right now with one of my clients. Uh, they're in a business. There's a lot of people in this business they're in. I won't say who they are because uh, 
you might you might know them since you know what city I'm in, and maybe I've even mentioned them here. But anyway, the point is that they do similar things to what other people do, but their founding was very unique. How the man that founded the company decided to start the company is a very unique story. Well, that makes them unique. Forget about what they what they sell and, and what they serve, how they serve their customers. The founding makes it unique. So I would take the founding of your company. How did it start? Who had the brainstorm that really made your company happen? And think about that. So look at your company and ask yourself, what, what is it that makes my company unique? Maybe you have 17 PhDs in your technical department. And maybe that's, that's a big thing. Maybe your company is really into culture and really into helping their workers uh, attend charity events. My daughter works for Salesforce.com. And whatever you think of the, the product itself, they're a really good company. They ask their people to go uh, contribute to charitable organizations a few hours a year and, or a few days a year. And, and she loves it. She loves doing that. It, it's really a unique thing. Now, does that affect the software that's built? I don't know. But if you're buying into the story of a company, it's just as easy or easier to buy into a story of a company. If, if that floats your boat, maybe it doesn't. But if it does, then that story matters to you. So the first list was you. The second list is your company. Third list is your products or services. Now, this is a little bit tricky because it will be easy for you to start to look at other people's products and you can get into a feature benefit war pretty quickly. And that's not the point of this is to say our our um, widget is better than your widget. That's not the point of this. I'm, I'm more thinking from a, a little bit higher level standpoint. Why did you choose to go into the this product category? What was there behind it? Yeah, we know why you started the company now because you've done the company uniqueness. But what was there about this product that that uh, led you to want to get into it, not you, if you didn't start the company or didn't come into the product category, but your company. What was there about that? What are you hoping to accomplish? How are you hoping to change the world in this category or change the category world in this category? So think about products and services that you offer and go through and start to make a list of what makes them unique. Again, from from the origin of them, to how you manufacture or how you create them, what processes you go through. I've got one client who just started. I think it's going to be very successful. They just started what's called an innovation hour. And the innovation hour is something they do with their prospects up front to kind of whiteboard the issues that they're having. So the my client will go into their prospects, say, okay, here's, here's our first step. We do an innovation hour. And it's really us coming in and whiteboarding some possibilities, some potential solutions. They don't actually create the solutions for them. They, they sort of map them out and put them on a board and they take a picture of it and they follow up with uh, some follow-up notes. And then there's a second part of that, which they charge for if they want to go to more of a design hour or a couple hours or half day, they'll charge for that. But that's an example of how they do business. It's unique. Nobody else does that. Everybody else in their space goes in, finds a problem, delivers a proposal. The person either accepts it or not. Well, if you're going to be in business with a software or technology company for a year, don't you kind of want to know a little bit more about them? And wouldn't it be good to have a, some back and forth with the team to make sure you can all the chemistry's there, you can all get along? 
And the answer is yes. And so they're, they're starting this, and I anticipate they're going to have a great year in the next 12 months because of this innovation hour. So we can talk about that uh, in, in another episode. So those are the three things. You will differentiate yourself, your company will differentiate itself, and your products and services will too. And, and now you've got a package of differentiation. They can't find those three things anywhere on the planet. A, they can't find you anywhere on the planet. Even if they could, even if there was someone kind of like you, maybe not with your exact experiences, but kind of showed up the same way and had the same approach and was very curious and had all the skills that you did, they still can't match the company and the product. So together, those things will give you a really good start on you being different. Now, it's hard work. And what I mean by that is you, most of you will not do this. You will not do this work. It's easier not to do it and just show up and, and, and try to get business on price or your good looks or your personality or your demeanor. Yeah, that's, that's the easy thing. But it's harder when you do the work. So, uh, you know, I always find it's the 80-20 rule. 20% of my listeners will do the work. 80% won't. That's fine. That's cool. Maybe you'll do the work on the next episode. But if you're having trouble differentiating yourself and don't feel like you're unique, do the work. And then show up as that person. I get into this all the time with people. If you're not a real pushy, uh, indignant, uh, let's just leave it at pushy, high-pressure sales professional, and I know some people are. Now, some people are really good at it. You, if, if you're good at being high pressure and pushy, the person will probably never know they were pushed. It's when you're not so good at it and everybody notices uh, that you're pushy, that's when you're not very good at it. And I just did a, a video on LinkedIn the other day about some of the five, the five mistakes that salespeople make, and one is that. But if you're not that person, then don't be that person. I don't care what your manager says. Hey, you got to be a little pushier. No, you don't. If that's not your nature and not your personality, that's the worst thing you can do is adopt a personality that's incongruent with your own. What you need to do is get better at what you're good at. If you're an analytical type of person, and that's where you find your strength and people like that in you because you can look at a problem 17 different ways and, and help people solve problems, get better at that. But not only get better at that, maybe you're already good at it, get better at talking about how you do that. Tell the prospect, look, if you're expecting me to come in here and just be Mr. Personality or Miss Personality and tell you all the latest jokes I hear in the field, that ain't me. What I'm good at is analysis. And so as I go through the process, I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions about the data and the metrics, and the measurements, and all the inputs, because then I can fashion a solution. That's what I'm good at. If you don't want that, tell me now, I'll be gone. Now, well, the fact is that people want, people want you around to be what you're good at being, which is you. They don't want the, they don't, they don't need one more savvy, high pressure salesperson, you know, banging out handshakes and golf invitations and they don't need that. They, they will tell you, no, thank you. Thank you for being an analytical person. I do not want any more amateur salespeople in here, but you need to be who you are. And if you're that salesperson who's very outgoing and very gregarious and you talk a lot, bring that up too. Say, look, let me tell you what you get when you get me. 
I love being around people. I love solving problems. I love finding out what people are up to. I love talking about your goals and missions. If you're not into that, I'm not your person. So hopefully that's helped you to be a little bit more unique. And then the last thing I'll leave you with is go be unique without fear that you'll somehow be found out or or you won't be enough. Uh, I'm really interested in this concept of not enough, this not enough thinking that if I show up in my birthday suit, no, you wouldn't show up that way. If, but if I show up just being me, being raw me, and it's not enough, now I don't have everything to blame it on. I can't, I can't shed anything because I'm raw, I'm, I'm open, I'm just, I'm just being who I am, I'm being vulnerable, as, as Brene Brown says. But I think here's the deal in sales, is you may show up being you, being the best you you can be, 90% of the people will say, man, I want to buy from that person, and 10% won't, because it'll scare the hell out of them. Your rawness will scare the hell out of people. I've experienced it when I've, I've, I've got a weird sense of humor. And sometimes I'll go into a meeting and I'll see something either in the room or, or something will happen like nobody knows where to sit and we're all kind of doing the musical chair singing. and I'll make some kind of stupid comment because I can't help myself. That's just, sometimes I think I'm interested in amusing myself. That's my, that's my biggest problem. And so other people are not amused. And I've been, I know I've not gotten business before because of that sense of humor. Because I'll say something and, and the room will go quiet. And I know, uh-oh, that's over. This thing is over. Now what I should say is, okay, it's over. Bad joke, cracked a joke, didn't work. Should we, just, should we just finish it up now? I can go grab some donuts on the way back to the office and bring it for the team. So, uh, again, that would be even worse, probably. It'd be making bad matters worse. So be yourself and don't be afraid and recognize that there will be a certain number of people who you're not, you're not good enough for no matter what. And that is totally okay. We're looking for fits here. I think you're stronger when you are yourself. And you are yourself when you are okay claiming your unique attributes as we've just talked about. So I hope that helps. Once again, go to BillKasky.com and sign up for all the good free stuff there. And uh, if you do get the email, get registered for it, subscribe to it. There'll be an email that comes back to you. I want to hear from you. I really do. This is this note from Josh here was very good today. It spurred a lot of thinking and I hope that helped. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.